Hello and welcome everyone to the official Gatekeepers podcast. This episode is a very special message given by one of our main leaders at Gate City Church, Hazen Stevens. We are so excited you have decided to join us for this episode as Hazen takes us deep into the topic of the gift of prophecy. For more information about Gatekeepers and what we're all about, visit gatecityatl.com slash gatekeepers. Enjoy. Would you mind just putting a hand on somebody next to you? We're just going to pray for each other right now for just a moment. If you're a guest, if you're a visitor here, we pray a lot in the house of prayer and at Gate City Church. And so, Father, we ask right now in the name of Jesus for you to come and to visit us. And I believe that I'm here speaking on your behalf, like Peter said, as an oracle of the living God. And I'm asking that you grant me to speak your words and that my words would recede into the background. But the words of this, the Spirit of Christ in me, the Holy One of Israel, the one true and living God, the anointed of the Father uh, who dwells inside of all of us by the Spirit, I ask, Father, for him to rise up within us for the Spirit of God to begin to groan inwardly, that we would groan inwardly with the groan of creation and longing for the kingdom of God to break forth. And I'm asking even right now, Lord, for a divine attentiveness. We bind everything of the kingdom of darkness away from our hearts and minds in this room. And we release, Lord, your anointing and your presence. And I pray that people wouldn't respond in this room to Hazen Stevens or to any other person or personality, but that they would respond to the divine unction of the Holy Spirit that is being released even right now as we pray for one another. And so I just ask you, just take 30 seconds, pray for the person next to you with the same uh, hunger and ferocity with which you would want to be prayed for. And just take a moment, just vocalize prayers. This is what it means to be a disciple. It's, It's to have the capacity to go to the Father on behalf of your brother or your sister and just begin to ask him, just release blessing on this person's life. Begin to engage in the wrestle in prayer. Say, Lord, any place in their life where they're not like Jesus, you don't have to name those places, but any place and just generally that they're not like Jesus, Lord. We just pray, make them like Jesus. Increase hunger and passion in their lives, Lord. Increase revelation. Increase presence and peace, God. We pray, Lord, that your tangible blessing would come even over this room right now. We pray that the heavens would open over this room. Father, that there would be a spiritual atmosphere in which angels ascend and descend, God. We're asking for the open heaven. Even as Jacob wrestled beneath an open heaven with the angel God, and he he wrestled We wrestle right now for a moment, even in this moment, we wrestle in prayer and we ask God, release more in this room. Release more for the person I'm laying my hands on. Release more revelation, release more hunger. Jesus name, amen. Amen. So there's a prophetic man who's going to come. I don't know if we'll get to the video or not, Brett. I have a video of him, but I feel like it, it may not be the best use of five minutes, but I encourage you to go check it out on YouTube because it's powerful. In this particular clip, he's in a room like this one, but quite a bit larger in Kansas City, and he, he says, I think over in this room, is there somebody here? And he, I believe he gives the address, and he gives uh, the, the name of the neighborhood. And then after he gives the address and the name of the neighborhood, someone stands up that lives at that address, and he he proceeds to give them the name of their brother, their sister, their mother, their father, names their entire family, and I think even does, does a middle name. And it was the gift of the word of knowledge operating. Do you guys want to see it? You guys do want to see the clip. Okay, just show the clip, and then I'll, I'll come back up here and preach. 
I want to see it too. I got myself fired up. I just saw the word Fountain Lake. This Fountain Lake? Oh, oh, lots. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, everybody, Fountain Lake, stand up for a second, just for fun. If you live there, just stand up and let's well, just... How about 12, something like 12606 or something? Fountain Lake. Who's 12606? Wave your hand if it's you. Okay, now wait. Shh. Let's let's get. Yeah, let's get the word first. Yeah, before. Okay, we got. And they live in the same house. Was that the idea? Okay. Two girls in the same house. There you go. Wow, coming from both sides. Hold on just a minute. Twelve six oh six one Psalms one two six verse six says, he who goes forth and weeps, bears precious seed, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Petri, Petri. That's your last name? An Angie? Okay. So you probably know like Margaret and Tom and all them. Okay. What's that? Let's say it again. They're watching. They're watching. And so are they on the phone too? <laughs> Doubtless shall come again weeping. Let's just see what happens. Here, here's, here's, what I, here's what I see. I, I feel like the Lord is doing a work in your dad's health as well. There's some situations that the enemy would want. I, I really believe he's someone that would silence, suffer in silence. And I'm not saying it's something real bad. What I'm saying is I just saw that the Lord intervened because of a prayer hedge around him that the enemy wanted to smite his life with a crippling disease, but God intervened for this man. And I feel like that this speaks for your family. This verse that aligns with your address, 12606, because going forth and weeping, bearing precious seed, the tears and prayers that you have shed and the hours of prayer that you have invested. I feel like that you are going to doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing your sheaves with you. And I just really feel like that you guys have been faithful people who have sown into people, sown into, invested in lives, and in the Lord is going to bring a return, a mighty dividend, a return on every investment that you've made for his kingdom. And there's like someone son of the right hand. My, I have a son, Benjamin. Yeah. This is that a, your brother, Benjamin. 
Pardon me? Awesome. That's the whole family. So Margaret and Tom and Ben and Angie and just the whole gang. Praise the Lord. There's something very specific for which that you've been seeking the Lord for and asking him for. And I, I, he's going to bring it to your memory. And when he does, the moment that happens, that's going to be one of those sheaves that you'll bring with you as a testimony of something very specific that you have prayed as a silent prayer of your heart. And just as 12, whatever it was now, um, fountain life, I, I just see like that springing up, there's going to be just a fresh fountain of the grace of God over your family and power, son of my right hand. And I just declare the purposes of God will not be thwarted in Ben's life, but that he will become everything he was destined and ordained and called to be. And the devil cannot have his way with him because he's marked by God. And we just declare that in the name of Jesus. Will you agree with me right now for this whole family in Jesus name? How many of you are encouraged to see that? Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, 3, that prophecies for encouragement, edification, the comfort of the believer, the idea of New Testament prophecy, right? It also says in 1 Corinthians 14 that we see in part and we prophesy in part. You know, the Old Testament name for prophet was this word called Nabi. That word Nabi means bubbling up spring. Okay, did you, did you see how he was just receiving words in part? He would get elements at different moments as he's ministering prophetically and just kind of come up in his spirit and he would get accurate words of knowledge like uh, the name of a neighborhood, and then he would get another piece and address, and then he would connect it to an actual prophetic word, something forthtelling about the future for that family or something that God is doing specifically. But one of the ways that God confirms the gift of prophecy is through the gift of word of knowledge. Gift of word of knowledge is a specific piece of information that someone wouldn't otherwise have right? There's been times that I've gone out and done prophetic evangelism and I'll begin. I, I remember one particular case. I was w walking through the food court at the mall of Georgia and this young woman catches, catches um, my eye out of the corner of my eye. And then I just stop her and I, I asked her name, just took a moment to talk to her. And then I said, I feel like the Lord's telling me that you have a younger sister. This is what your younger sister looks like. She has curly hair. Your father has alcoholism. The Lord says that he's redeeming the things that happen in your sister's life because of your father's alcoholism. And I just begin to unpack this prophetic word. She begins to weep. It was a word with accurate words of knowledge describing what her sister looked like, things that had gone on in her life that I wouldn't know otherwise, and then declaring what the work of Christ was in her life. And then I prayed and ministered to her out of that word. There are more examples than I can think of in this moment of where I've touched things similar, not the same kind of accuracy, but similar to what was just being described. I remember I was at the call I remember I was at the call in, uh, in, uh, or not the call. It was an, an event in Orlando and I was there praying with my friend. I said, the Lord, the Lord is speaking to me that there's a really important person in your life. And, uh, and that that person's, uh, is the name Claire meaningful to you, you know? And he goes, well, that's the middle name of my wife. Right. And I felt like the word was that you need to listen to this person, Claire, that's in your life <laughs> and see if it had been his wife's first name. Be like, well, you could, you know, you might know that about a person, but his wife's middle name, you know, God gave a word of knowledge to confirm the word of prophecy. He works in unusual ways to confirm. I remember one of the most powerful 
miracles of provision in my life. My wife and I had not gone to the dentist in a really long time. And we, uh, and I had, I go to the dentist cause I started this juice fast. And as I'm on the juice fast, my teeth start to hurt cause the acidity of the juice. And I realize I have a whole bunch of cavities. And so I go to one dentist cause I got a flyer in the mail and I go to that dentist and, um, and, and they're like, you have 12 cavities. It's going to be like $5,000 to fix your mouth. And I'm a missionary and I have $5,000 in the bank account at that time in my early 20s. And so I was just beginning to go, Lord, would you just provide? Would you just take care of me? I'm trying to serve you and I just need, I need you, Lord. And I just felt this, my wife and I both, and oh, and my wife went and she had seven cavities, as you can feel. So both of us are like $5,000 in dental work and we're ministering in our prophecy rooms like about a week or a week and a half later. And, um, and I begin to get this prophetic word for this lady that we're sitting across and I just see her. And it's funny cause we see in part, we prophesy in part. Right. And it's, and so I, I begin to, I'm like, I see your teeth gleaming white. I feel like it represents the, and I, and I gave her a spiritual prophetic word about it, but I think God was also speaking a word of knowledge in the natural. And I never met this lady before. didn't know anything about her. She's a, was an older Asian lady from, from uh, Vietnam actually. And so I just, I began to prophesy to her about these gleaming white teeth and it speaks of her ability to process the word and wisdom and purity and all these different things. And at the end of our time, she just chuckles and she goes, you know, my husband and I just opened a dental practice. And she goes, actually, I feel like the Lord's just saying any of your dental care needs my husband. I will just take care of that for you and your wife. And I said, are you, I said, are you, you don't know what you're getting into. <laughs> I told her, I said, you don't know what you're getting into because I actually need a lot of dental work. She goes, well, come in on this Saturday and we're going to take care of both of you guys. And we went in and they came in on a, not a work day and she's the dental assistant and she, he's the dentist. And they begin to, and, and they completely redid all of our dental, did all of our, fixed all of our cavities and have taken care of our teeth ever since. And so it was an accurate word of knowledge that released a prophetic word that also was the answer to the secret prayer that I was praying in my heart. <laughs> Come on, God, right? Like, and so God, and I wasn't thinking I'm like prophesying into my dental miracle that I needed, <laughs> right? I'm thinking I'm just, I'm just literally giving the impression that, I, that, is, that is coming up as I center myself in God. As I share these words with you, this is not beyond the reach of any person in this room because it's not about giftedness or skill. I mean, there is a measure to which God cultivates that faith and there is a measure to which God gives different gifts. But it also says in 1 Corinthians 14, it says, pursue the spiritual gifts and especially that you may prophesy. And Paul says that to everybody right? Now he prioritizes in 1 Corinthians 13, the preeminence of love. And, and that is the manner in which we should minister out of the gifts. Cause he says, if you don't have love, but you speak with the tongues of men and angels, but you don't have love in your heart, he says, you're just a clanging gong and a banging cymbal. Like literally go up to that drum kit, like bang on that cymbal. Right. And it's just, it, your, your prophetic ministry, your declaration, your preaching is without substance. It's as inarticulate as that brass symbol is. If you do not have the essence of love out of which you're ministering, he says, if I have all knowledge and I, and I prophesy with wisdom, he goes, but I don't have love. He goes, I'm nothing. 
So we minister out of the substance of love in the power of the Spirit of God. But when he gets further down, it's not that love and the gifts of the Spirit are mutually exclusive. It's from a foundation rooted and grounded in love, we release the power of God into people's lives. Do you know it doesn't have to be a choice between the gifts of the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit. They're both belong to the Holy Spirit who lives inside you, and you should be cultivating both at all times. It says, I show you the more excellent way regarding love, right? But then 1 Corinthians 14, but pursue spiritual gifts, especially that you would prophesy. Do you know why prophecy is a gift that in particular is called out right there in that chapter? Does anybody want to take a shot at it? Well, there are two things that we see happen anytime someone is baptized with the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. Does anyone know what the two things are? Shahandalababa. I'll give you the first one. <laughs> says that they speak in tongues, right? And says they speak of the glories of God and they prophesy. They tell of his wonders, okay? And it describes in 1 Corinthians 14, says these two things, that when you speak in a tongue, a person edifies themselves. So when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, he immediately gives you a way in which you can strengthen yourself in God. And there's also a gift of interpretation, which is like getting that text message from heaven is the tongue, and then there's someone else interprets. And I could tell some stories about tongues interpretation, pretty cool ones. I, I will tell one, in fact. there were, I worked at this summer camp once summer. There was a young lady named Reese. She was a camp counselor, at this, and God had me on this journey of discovering the spiritual gifts. And I would get this weird manifestation in my chest. It would feel like someone had put a ball bearing in my chest and it was a physical weight. And it would come on me in times of prayer and I would feel like I need to speak in tongues. I would begin to speak in tongues and it would sound different than my normal tongues. And then this thing would dissipate. And she had such a strong gift of interpretation. She didn't, she heard people's tongues. Like if you spoke a foreign language, you know, they're speaking Spanish, but you understand immediately what it means. It did not sound to her like someone was speaking in, in a, a, an in unintelligible language because she immediately understood the things that were being said. And so I would go over to her and I'd go, I think I have like a tongue and I would speak it and she would write it down. And then we would go and give the prophecy to someone. And then prophetic word after prophetic word accurately touch people. It says that when you speak in a tongue and you interpret, it says you edify the body. See, because prophecy edifies the body, tongues edifies your inner man. So when the Holy Spirit comes on people in power, the very first gifts he gives are for your personal edification and empowers you to strengthen and edify one another. Do you think they were edified by someone calling out personal information that they never could have known and then giving them an accurate prophetic word from Psalm 126.6. They were given courage to continue to sow even though they hadn't yet seen the fruit. And he goes, the secret prayer of your heart. And I believe that portion in particular was even a word for some people in this room tonight, that there are secret prayers that are in your heart that are going to be like sheaves of victory, that when God answers that specific, unusual prayer, like the prayer I prayed for my teeth, the kind of prayer that's like, that's undeniable that God is intervening in the circumstances of your life, even concerning small things that it seems like the God of the cosmic universe shouldn't care about, but he knows and cares about my cavities. He's going to answer you the specific prayer of your heart, and you're going to be able to take that sheave of victory and say, I know I, I serve a God who answers prayer. So whatever that secret prayer is in your heart, keep praying it. Don't lose heart. 
Keep interceding according to the thing that God has shown you he wants to do. Because that's the real key to intercession, that you're not just praying your own carnal appetites. You're praying the very things that God wants to do in the earth. The very foundation of prayer is that I'm praying your kingdom come, your will be done. How do we know what God's will is? We discern God's will as we walk in intimacy with him and he reveals it by the prophetic. He gives you a dream. He gives you a vision. He gives you an impression. I have this very clear impression that in this season, God wants to visit us both with this left-handed activity and his right hand. There's a portion in Song of Solomon that says, his left hand is under my head and his right hand embraces me. It's the, it's the lover holding his beloved in an embrace, right? And the left hand is the hand of gentleness that's hidden that just... You guys are all very pure and unmarried, so you don't know what I'm talking about. But, but the left hand behind the head... You know, is is the tender caress, right? And the right hand embrace, like if you have you ever, you know, you tango and and then you dip, right? And when you dip, it's like the right hand embraces you, the right hand upholds you, the left hand behind the head. I think many of us are familiar with the left-handed activity of God. It's that, it's that, you know, I prayed that it wouldn't rain today and it didn't rain. <laughs> And you're right. God may have answered your prayer, you know, or you prayed that that electric bill would get paid and got paid. You prayed that you get the good grade that you wanted. And it's like these prayers that just kind of keep us in the rhythm of life. Right. But then there are moments, there are seasons when the heavens open over our lives and we experience the right handed activity of God. Where God calls out a phone number and gives a prophetic word that shifts the trajectory of your life. I remember that in the summer of 2005, I experienced the, began to experience the right-handed activity of God. I got sovereignly baptized in the Holy Spirit, began to speak in tongues, just walking down the road at a summer camp. I went to the camp tell at time and the fire of God came in my hands. I'd never experienced a manifestation of the Holy Spirit before. And the Holy Spirit just kept thundering inside of me. You need to go pray for the sick. You need to go pray for the sick. I go down front and I'm terrified. I'm trembling. I'm experiencing the Holy Spirit. I'm like literally physically hot and sweating. Say, I need to pray for the sick. I, I said, I want to pray for me. And this was the tell at time was like the time for kids to tell testimonies, not the time for weird counselors to get up and do healing altar calls. So it was very unusual in the middle of the woods, 120 people out there in the woods. And as I obey the Holy Spirit, he falls in that amphitheater. And two rows up, whole cabin of girls just begin to weep spontaneously under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. No one leading worship. Everyone begins to sing praises to God. And people flood the, flood the altar. We're going to lay hands on people. My wife, who had had a prophetic dream, she was awakened to the prophetic that summer, had had a prophetic dream that she was an Exodus camp, or which was the like outward bound, um, most extreme version of the camp. And she had broken her arm playing rugby. My wife's pretty intense. She stiff-armed somebody, broke her arm. And... Um, and and so she was the laundry lady at the camp, but the Lord had given her this dream that she was going to end up in the Exodus program, but her arm wasn't healed. She comes down to the altar. I pray for her and she gets her cast off six months early. She goes that next week. She's miraculously healed in that altar ministry time. And they end up having a girl drop out of the Exodus program. There were like two or three counselors and she had done it before. And they asked her not knowing the dream that she had had the right-handed activity of God, supernatural healing, the falling of the Holy Spirit. And these things don't just happen because we want them to. 
We can, in seasons, go, oh, God, I want to draw near to you, and you will come closer to him. But then there are other seasons where God, like, opens a door in the Spirit, and he says, this is a divine moment for visitation. And when those doors get open to you, beloved, run. <laughs> Don't waste time during that time on social media. Don't waste time watching entertainment that's useless. Like, when those divine moments of invitation happen, respond to what God is saying. And I believe we're in a moment where God is bringing a anointing prophet into our midst. It's like a week and a half away. There's not anywhere else you should be on those nights. I promise you. Like, unless the Holy Spirit tells you to go somewhere else, like be here and come hungry because I believe in the glory nights next week, you know, we're going to have 10 PM to midnight prayer meetings starting Sunday night through Thursday. Some of you may choose to fast over that time because you're hearing what I'm saying tonight and you're realizing that divine invitation for more is actually real. That there's actually like, it says in the book of Revelation, John perceived there was a door standing open in heaven and a voice calling out to him, come up here. I believe the reason why there was a voice saying come up here is because part of John going up into heaven was he had to agree to go up there, right? It was an invitation. The door is open. Come up here into the most powerful prophetic encounter recorded probably in all of scripture. I don't know necessarily what your invitation is to, but I did feel very clearly in worship. You are to, on behalf of God today, issue an invitation to the gatekeepers. I also heard the Lord say very clearly that the gates presently are shut. They're not open in the way that they will be, but there's an opportunity, even in this season, for us to take those shut doors and crack them open a little. Just to, they're, they're not open in the way that they will be, but there's an invitation to breach, to breach the gates, to actually have a little bit more of heaven pour in an actual manifestation of God's presence and power and an impartation that you guys will experience that could actually leave you changed for the rest of your life. I remember I uh, was watching this and the left hand and the right hand, I cannot tell you, the vast majority of the hearing of the voice of God in your life is so subtle that you can choose to ignore it if you want to. But if you learn to treasure it, to tune into it, that voice will guide you in such a wondrous and adventurous way. I remember I was sitting in a class not much bigger than this, watching a teaching on Bill Johnson. And in the teaching, Bill Johnson, who's a pastor at a church in California, he says, if you want to get activated in the supernatural, go to Brazil with Randy Clark. And it was just this, Randy has this incredible ministry of impartation. And when I heard that, I knew I was going to do that. And so I remember calling the ministry Global Awakening about going there, and, uh, and they said, the trip is full. But I really felt like I was supposed to go. So I have friends that are in Brazil. So my wife, there was a conference he was having, so I couldn't get on the official trip, but I felt God telling me to go, and I asked, I told the class, shared the testimony of the class, they actually funded our trip to Brazil, and we actually went, even though we couldn't get on the official trip. Because God had spoken something to me, and I was hungry for the impartation that I believe God wanted me to have. And, you know, if you study impartation in Scripture, Paul says to Timothy, he says, stir up the gift of God that was imparted to you through the prophetic utterance and the laying on of my hands. There's this... 
Paul prayed for the Ephesian elders. He laid hands on them and said, prayed that they would receive the Holy Spirit. When you study the impartation of the gifts of the Spirit in the book of Acts, they happen in two ways. There are sovereign fallings, which is what happened in the amphitheater at, uh, at the summer camp. And then there are times that hands are laid, like how did Paul receive the Holy Spirit? Jesus appears to Ananias, the good Ananias, not the bad Ananias. And he says, Ananias, go down to Straight Street. Paul is there. I want you to get him filled with the Holy Spirit. Ananias shows up. He lays his hands on him and prays, receive the Holy Spirit. And Paul received the Holy Spirit. The like scales fall from his eyes. His sight is restored. And he, he leaves that place a transformed man because of the impartation that came through the laying on of hands. So I go to this global awakening conference in Brazil, and they'll just let people pray. I saw people who had um, bladder issues where they couldn't hold their hold their uh, bladder, couldn't hold their urine, and they had to have a, a, a bag um, because of that that issue. I remember playing, praying for this woman, and she gets completely healed, and the next day is testifying she no longer needs that bag because her bladder issue is healed. I mean, just a number of miracles just in the atmosphere that was created through the preaching on healing. And they get to the final night and they do the moment of impartation. And I'm like, this is what God has brought me here for. And I'm just in faith and believing. And then I go up and there's thousands of people there. But Randy Clark, I'm like the third person he lays hands on. He just lays hands on me. When he began to go into that ministry moment on impartation, it was like the heavens split open in that place. I cannot describe it to you. It was as though I couldn't see it in the spirit, but I could feel it in the atmosphere. It was literally like, I think there are more angels in this room than there are people. And I remember going out in the spirit. I get up and I'm just like, something happened. Something happened in the measure of my faith. Something happened in my experience of the Holy Spirit. And it was... Yes, the hunger to go down to an altar call, but it was also the hunger to like get on a plane from Atlanta, fly down to Sao Paulo, Brazil, and take a bus through the night in Rio. And we ended up we ended up the hotel that we thought was going to be close to the venue. We were just going to stay at the same hotel that the group was staying in. They ended up not having, so we ended up actually getting invited by some people in the church. We ended up sleeping on a roof. I mean, it was all that. <laughs> okay, it was all that adventure in God. How many know that in the kingdom of God, the hungry always get fed? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they get filled with the kingdom of God. And, you know, some of us, I remember that summer that I was working on summer camp counselor, one of the assistant counselors taught a lesson that I'll never forget. He said, I always, and, you know, uh, if you guys ever go to Dustin's office, it's actually horrible. He has this big jar of M&Ms. And, and my friend was told, told the story about how his, his, uh, his grandmother always had a big jar of M&Ms. He would go to her house. She'd make a home-cooked meal, but, but he always had problems with the self-control, couldn't restrain himself, and he would eat the M&Ms before the meal was served. And then he'd be full of, full of chocolate and candy. Couldn't eat the meal his grandma just prepared. I'll never forget that illustration because I was like, man, how many of us, it's like we're really hungry for the thing that God's cooking up for us. But it's, the waiting is painful. The waiting at times is difficult. And also at times we don't have the wisdom to know that God, there really is something on the other side of your prayers that you can apprehend. I'm here to tell you there's an invitation from God if you're hungry and if you'll step into that place of pain in the place of prayer. Luke 11 says, everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. Knock and the door will be open to you. It says, your father who is in heaven knows how to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. He's not playing games with you. 
This isn't just me hyping you up for another ministry opportunity. I believe the things I'm saying to you are real because I've experienced them in my life. And if you'll meet the promise of God with hunger and desperation, then you'll receive impartation and power from on high. And I can't tell you exactly how it'll express itself in your life. I can promise you this. There'll be a mix of suffering and there'll be a mix of glory. And that's the power of the prophetic ministry is it calls us into God's plan for our lives if we will heed the counsel of it. If we'll incline our ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. If we'll say, God, I don't want to be governed by any other voice. I don't want to be governed by the voice of my friends. I don't want to be governed by the voice of the culture. I don't want to be governed by even the voice of our parents. I want to be governed in my life by the voice of the Lord. And I want to set my heart for the things that you are offering to me. There are invitations tonight that are going to be issued to people in this room. In a moment, I'm going to begin to pray, going to give some prophetic words. But as those invitations get issued, hear this. We are in a divine moment of invitation. I'm going to be preaching this Sunday. I'll probably preach an entirely different message than this one. But I'll preach this Sunday on the prophetic. We'll go into these glory nights. We'll have the opportunity to pray from 10 to midnight. There's going to be fasting and praying. And then starting on Friday evening, we're going to have someone that I believe is a prophet. I believe so. one of the few times I say legitimately someone that walks not just in the prophetic, but in the office of a prophet. Any one of us can be prophetic. I said earlier, all of you can prophesy, right? But what does it mean to operate in the office of a prophet? It means the sphere in which they're operating is different. It means their encounter is oftentimes extraordinary. And it means they do what Ephesians 4.11 says. They equip the people of God to hear the voice of God. And then on Sunday morning, we're going to have another time of processing the things that we've heard. And then we're going to have a whole other week, I believe, in which God's releasing encounter to us. I think we get... I think that already the left-handed activity of God is happening, but I believe our hunger will determine the forcefulness of that right hand. (laughs) I want to lean into the right hand of God. I I want to throw myself upon God in a way that he has to catch me. A lot of times right now, I find myself in more organizational meetings than I do prayer meetings. And it's a little painful for me. And I find myself even challenged sometimes in the prayer meeting to get my mind out of the organizational and into the prayer. But something that God's been speaking to me is he said, when there are, this is what he has, this is the work that he has for me to do, and I'm doing my best to figure out in the grace of God how to do it. But I know that when I come to those times of prayer, what he's been speaking in my heart is he just says, you can be as hungry as you want to be in the times I give you. Like my life is full with children and wife and response finance team meetings and <laughs> every conceivable pastoral, every conceivable kind of meeting, including prayer meetings, praise God. But when I come to the prayer meeting to meet with God, I want to express hunger in such a depth that I get everything I need to be able to pour out the other You have 15 hours of the day. And there are times in our life where we get to, you guys have the luxury, (laughs) many of you, you know, you have college responsibilities, but maybe have that girlfriend or boyfriend, but you don't have a spouse, you don't have children, and 
you know, the, the need to uh, provide for anything, but, you know, you can, you can live off ramen. I know how you guys do, <laughs> right? And, and the, the reality is that you can give yourself both in time and in energy because of the, the season of life that God has given you. Don't squander it. Don't squander that opportunity. Just shoving as many M&Ms in your mouth. <laughs> don't do the peanut cut. Don't do the peanut M&Ms. It's just wrong. Some of you, that's, that's real. And some of you are eating poison peanut M&Ms. You know, there's the permissible things that you know aren't good for you, and then the other things that are just you're gobbling it up, and it's toxic. It's flavored rat poison. And it's, it's actually uh, defiling your spirit before God so that you, can't come, you don't come to him with boldness. You come to him with the accusation of shame over your heart. So if that stuff is there, Psalm 24 is the invitation you guys are so familiar. We were singing it earlier. Who can ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who gets to come up into God's presence? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. It's not lifted themselves up to idols, a.k.a. not eaten a handful of M&Ms. Has not sworn falsely by other gods. It's the Jacob generation, the one who seeks the face of God. And this is the prophetic word that I want to close with that I feel like is for gatekeepers. I was looking at that story, the Jacob generation that seeks that seeks the face of God. And I went back and looked at the two stories of Jacob. Jacob twice deceives his brother and then the second time steals his blessing from his father. His natural carnal ambition caused him to fight with men to try and obtain a blessing, right? In his carnality and his selfishness, his desire to be wealthy and prosperous, he, he fights with men and that's actually, his brother actually says, it is right that his name is Jacob because he is a deceiver. But then Jacob one night under the open heavens wrestles with the wrong God. And in that encounter, his carnal energy gets broken. The angel touches the hip of his socket and breaks him. And yet Jacob, though broken, still clings to this one that is representative of God. And in conclusion, the angel says, your name will no longer be Jacob, which means deceiver, but because you've wrestled with men and with God and prevailed, your name will be Israel, which means prince with God. And he receives a blessing. His name is changed because he wrestled with God in the spirit and would not let go of God until he got a blessing. There are some of you that are wrestling within the natural. You're wrestling with things in your carnal flesh, right? You're wrestling with sin. You're wrestling with jealousy. You're wrestling with, I don't know, drama, <laughs> right? College students in this room, most of you, many of you. I know what it was like to be a college student. There was much drama in my life. And what I'm in, I think part of your invitation is to not waste your time wrestling on things out of an old false identity, but to receive a new identity that God is calling you into, to be one that instead of wrestling in the human realms with a bunch of carnal things here in the earth realm, to actually set your eyes on wrestling with God to possess a true blessing from heaven. And if you do that, I believe that it will produce brokenness in you, because you'll have to go the way of the cross. 
But on the other side of that brokenness will be true spiritual blessing that will change your name. See, way Jacob did things in his old way, his brother's like, that's just Jacob. He's the deceiver. But when you wrestle with God, that same tenacity, and I know exactly what this is like because I went hard after friends, girls, social life. I did that in high school. I lived like I was in college when I was in high school. And I realized it wasn't a very good way to live. I didn't end up with very good friends. I ended up with a whole bunch of broken relationships. I ended up with a whole bunch of unhealthy things. I had friends that were lying to me and selling drugs to my sister. There were all kinds of inappropriate things happening in my life. You know, people dealing drugs out of my house. Like, that was the lifestyle I was living when I was 16. And so I'm like, this isn't working. So I was like, I'm going to go hard after academics. I went to the top school in the state of Georgia. I uh, completed two years in one year. I took all AP classes my senior year, and I just went hard after. I had a, I had a really nice car, a BMW T- 323i with a Tiptronic transmission. It was dope. I had a very attractive girlfriend. My life looked good on the outside, but something, the true blessing of God was not resident on the inside. And what I found was when I expended that energy instead of partying, living my best life, or instead of uh, worldly performance and academics and in money, and I took that same wrestling with the world and I directed it towards wrestling with God, I found a true place of blessing and satisfaction. If you're hearing me right now and you're finding yourself in my story, it's not by coincidence. I didn't prepare any of these notes. This is the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. There's a bunch of things, a bunch of idols that if you really want to be Jacob generation, you need to lay those idols down in that altar, this altar today. You need to ask God for a fresh hunger and you need to begin to engage in that wrestle, the wrestle that both produces brokenness and blessing. You cannot have true blessing without deep brokenness. And what do you have to do, some degree, is you have to be willing to embrace the ache of the hunger and say it's worth it. It's worth it for the things that God is truly preparing for me. Not to stuff my face with the things of this world, but to truly wait, to wait in patience upon God. Let's stand. Worship team can come. Thanks so much for listening. We hope that this message ministered to you and that the Lord met you. You can follow us on Instagram at gatekeepersatl. We'll see you in the next episode.